Hello there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. All right, well, today I am joined, man, I, I almost feel, yeah, I know I'm a C uh, in y'all's little chart. <laughs> I know I'm a C, I'm, a, I'm surrounded by three A's. Uh, you weren't supposed to see that chart. Thanks for letting me uh, come into this, like, sanctum, sanctorum. Um, but uh, I'm joined by, man, some A artist, as a C artist, uh, Jordan Coughlin, Matt Papa, Will Carlisle. What a crew. So glad uh, to be talking with these things or about these things with you guys. Um, we want to talk about this whole kind of series. Jordan preached last week. I preached uh, this week. But um, this idea of art, beauty, creation. Um, I don't know. Have you, all, have you all heard? I'm just trying to think if like I heard a sermon series like this or I mean, I've certainly heard heard or thought about this has been brought out in sermons I've heard, but I don't know if I've ever heard someone kind of go directly at this. Is that something? Yeah, that... I have, I have not. And it's interesting, even in, you know, meeting with a bunch of the covenant arts collective people, one of the questions I asked them was, have you ever seen a church that's done this? Well, just trying to learn from them and to, to a person, everyone said, Nope, never, never seen this happen. A lot of church art. Um, and this goes, this could include music or it could include certainly the visual arts or drama or whatever it has been kind of kitschy, yep. you know? Um, yeah. somebody said like, when I think of, you know, evangelical church art or particularly Baptist church art, <laughs> yeah. the only thing that comes to mind is precious moments. It's dolls. Bad. Yeah. 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 It's bad. And so, um, I think that's kind of interesting. Like, how do we think about the arts in a non-kitschy and somebody just when you guys just mentioned like kind of almost non-utilitarian way yeah um it's like the only movies that we're allowed to really make are like facing the giants or something like that that are right. very um explicitly um kind of christian themed. and i'm not saying that's a bad movie i think that's a fine movie and i know a lot of people were really helped by it um, but it just feels like that's a very limited slice of beauty and art. Well, you saw it. You saw it in the '90s. Remember, like contemporary Christian music. The big question was: Is this a Christian band or yeah. not? Right. And what what defined them as a Christian band or not? And you had these bands trying to cross over, quote unquote. But I I, I think the church it's the same thing, and it, it's this misunderstanding of these topics, right? Creativity, beauty, art the place of them, the role of them, how they relate to God. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I remember, I think it was Papa, me and Dee sitting around your fire pit in your backyard. And we started Such talking about place. these things. Yeah, that's where, that's where brilliant to, ideas are born. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, to, and I, I want to say as, as um, sort of a, uh, a way to get into the conversation and kind of as a precursor to it, to Jordan's point, you know, churches doing this well or not. And many times often not, I think to be charitable, we, 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 uh, you know, 
I would say that it's, it is the hardest thing in the world, the hardest thing in the universe to, uh, you know, cause the, the difficulty is balancing, you know, mystery and clarity. That's, that's mm-hmm. always the, the, the wrestle is yeah. the struggle of balancing, you know, you want to balance virtuosity and, and, and mystery and wonder and awe and, you know, these, these with clarity with, you know, Joe on the back pew, who's a, who, right. you know, is, works a day job and, and just, and, and, and want, and needs, um, for these things to be comprehensible and palatable and, and all that. And so that's the, that's the struggle and, and it's, and it's real. And, you know, it, I think as long as you're, and we are wrestling in that tension, you're actually in the, in the right place. Yeah. It's the transcendence and imminence yeah. conversation. And we've had that with, certainly with music, um, you know, an interesting place where it's uh, shown up. We got a we got an emergency outside. Hey, you know what, guys? The talkback happens in real places in real times, right? right? Absolutely. If y'all think human like this is, human grid, if y'all think this is being recorded somewhere, <laughs> some ivory tower where there's no there's no real issues. That's not us. Mm. We're 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 Raw. people. Yeah. yeah. But um, an interesting place. I mean, so and again, I think a lot of these spaces. This has kind of been lost. So I mean, one of the, the one area in like the evangelical kind of reform or whatever stream we're a part of, where it's been okay to maybe think about beauty is war, is music, which again, mm-hmm. like we don't have like nobody here is like our artist, you know, nobody here is our architect or whatever. Like you know, mm-hmm. it, it's proven actually by this conversation. I mean, obviously you think you guys think about you know beauty all the time, but you're musicians, you know, and so that's like the acceptable place in the church. Um, but architecture is an interesting thing to think through for me. And, and to your kind of earlier point, Matt, architecture is a place um, where we've seen, I, I would at least say like the symbolism of these things in church structures. And so, yeah. um, you know, yesterday in the sermon, I kind of gave the example of First Baptist Church of Providence, Rhode Island, and St. Peter's Basilica. And one is very simple now this there's a lot of symbolism in the simplicity of mm-hmm. it the the simplicity of it is communicating a solo scriptura kind of thing mm-hmm. and then obviously there, there's a prominence of where the pulpit is and um and just yeah it's it's saying as you walk in there's actually a beauty to its simplicity so mm-hmm. i'm not i wasn't trying to imply that that wasn't beautiful. Yeah. I think I was just implying that it's a different kind of understanding of what we should be focusing on. And then of course, St. Peter's, which is is also like incredibly inspiring and transcendent. Uh, and there's beauty everywhere, you know, And but there's messaging in that beauty also. And so anyway, that's just a very interesting thing to do. Like architecture is an interesting place to think through that. The visual arts are a very interesting place to think through that. Um, but again, like what is what what kind of visual art is happening in the evangelical world that's that's popular? Um, and again, I don't know if popularity is a good judge of these things. But again, it's things like precious moments, or it's things like uh, um, you know, it's it's not, um, or, or maybe it's like paintings of the disciples or whatever. But it, it feels very small that that category. Um, and again, I'd love to see some artists that think deeply about this. I hate that like the arts is a place that doesn't really mix with Christianity. I yeah. mean, in so many ways, like the Christianity, the church birthed arts, you know, mm-hmm. 
the church also in so many ways birthed science, right? right? And now these are like categories that often don't mix with, you know, an understanding of theology or faith. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I am encouraged by it. It seems again in our like small little space of reformed evangelicalism, there seems to be a, a growing rebirth of some of these categories. I mean, I, I think of, you know, I mentioned Makoto Fujimura, who's a Christian mm-hmm. artist who's written several books, you know, kind of delving into these topics. Andy Crouch has done some good work. Tim Keller, um, James K. A. Smith, Harold Best, just to name a few. There, there seems to be a growing a rediscovery of okay let's let's recognize the place of beauty and creativity as god's gift to creation now how can we actually use these things for god's glory i mean even keith getty and what he's trying to do you know matt papa and i are both involved in his work and you know part of part of his focus is trying to help the church understand artistry and and the the um the place of it in in the church so so i'm actually i'm hopeful and excited um because there, there seems to be more and more happening in terms of a conversation of, okay, how can we do these things well? This was something that I think the, the little shadows of it that maybe we had in churches that we grew up in um, was really replaced in kind of the street level, ultimate clear connection kind of church scene of what I'll call like the contemporary church, right? Mm-hmm. Let's make it really street level, really accessible, uh, let's open up with, and we've talked about this, I know before, let's open up with like a secular song to really grab the people yeah. and then we'll like lead them into some sort of worship. But in that kind of mold of, you know, a worship service, um, things like prayer, which again, I know is not like an art form, but there is a sense of transcendence about it, yeah. was taken out. Things like an offertory, right? I mean, did y'all, did y'all grow up in a church where they would, like when they took the offering? A special oh, yeah. song. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. It, and and and, I, and maybe I grew up in more of a, an era when I was really little. It was what I'm kind of thinking about. I think as I kind of got in middle school, high school, it became like a soloist or something like that. But when I was really little, it was literally just a, the lady that played the piano playing the piano, or the, maybe the organist and the piano playing together. And there was something that was really amazing about that that has kind of I think been lost, like those. We're, we're very intimidated. You, you were kind of talking about this. Well, like we're intimidated by like space in yeah, our service totally. for like thought, reflection, transcendence. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, again, I think this is part of this conversation. Yeah. And I think it, it gets to, again, like a misconception of the place of beauty. And th- this is what I mean, I think both of us tried to accomplish in our sermons is expanding our categories that, you know, we we tend to limit we, whether it's creativity or beauty to things we like, you know? And, right. and so I, I like a certain style of music. And so that's the music I can worship to, mm-hmm. or I like a certain style of movie or I like a certain style of visual art or, you know, whatever it might be. And I think our categories need to be expanded beyond just mm-hmm. what we particularly like to understanding that God is the source and creator of all things, beautiful, good, and creative. Um, there's a guy named Mike Cosper who wrote a book a couple years ago called Recapturing the Wonder. And I think that's part of it. Yeah, I remember reading that book and it was so helpful because he, he talks about the disenchantment of our age and how everything can be boiled down to information rather than this sense of wonder and captivation and, and in a sense enchantment um, that speaks of the transcendence of God, that God is actually 
limitless. He's beyond our categories and boxes that we want to put him in. And I think, you know, we, we tend to lose those ideas in the name of clarity and information. And in this day and age of, we have access to all the information we could ever need or want. Um, we lose that idea of wonder yeah. at a God who we can't actually describe fully. And I certainly think that's like a indicative of the age. I mean, even, even just thinking about book sales, like, you know, there was a time when fiction books were very popular, right? Yeah. And nonfiction weren't as popular, right? And now that is, that is gone, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it is rare to find people that are are reading anything but nonfiction books. And so, and, and that's probably true of me also. I wish that wasn't, um, but it really is. And so, yeah, to your point about just the disenchantment and the loss of, loss of wonder, the loss of like longing for story. I mean, even movies, um, like who's just telling good stories in movies? It Or is it, you know, you know, blips that are exciting and that can kind of capture the ass. I mean, it, I feel like, you know, we grew up in like a, an era, the nineties, I know Will, you know, is a lot younger than we are, but, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, there was really great stories depicted in movies, um, where, you know, the director was trying to do something in the selling of the story. And it's not that that's not, um, that that's totally gone, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be as, as prominent. Um, in, in, in any form of art these days. Well, Matt, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like we, we as a culture are moving towards um, whatever is easy. And, and that, that's what I tried to capture in one of my points about how sin distorts creativity and beauty is that it makes us passive consumers rather than kind of actively engaging. And I think there, you know, with a, with a good story, there's a level of engagement that that is required and but it's not you know, instant yeah exactly yeah. it's not instant and but we live in this world of increasing excess where we just want what's easy we want to feel the feelings we want to go to the movie theater we know what's going to happen but we don't want to think about it we just want to be entertained and so we're entertained by the you know the multi-million dollars effects and sound and you know whatever and the story can a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times get lost in that, but we're okay because we're just, we just want to be entertained. That's right. Yeah, I, 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 I there's, there was this quote, I, I read it somewhere the other day, Carl Jung, um, hurry isn't of the devil, hurry is the devil. Hmm. And I, you know, it's like, well, I think with art, it speaks a lot to the idea of art with, you know, both the creation of it and how we engage with it, you know, to what Jordan was saying. And you think about, the cathedrals and the, you know, not, not to say that's the only way, but you think about the vision behind what they were doing mm -hmm. and, and that most of the people who were building those cathedrals knew that they would not see the, Never see the completion, completion in yeah, their yeah. lifetime. You know, it's such an inspiring thing for us to, to have, to, to remember that and uh, to work toward things like that. And, and also as, as, as consumers in the culture to, to think about art in that way too. Well, I think as Christians, I mean, we, we kind of get into like our participation and I kind of ended with that a little bit yesterday and, and really these sermons were a little bit out of order. We, we probably should have thought about like the, the nature of beauty and aesthetic and then kind of moved into the creation of that as, as Jordan talked about. But, you know, I talked about Leaf by Niggle and um, mm -hmm. 
it kind of goes along with the um, the cathedral thing. I mean, you, you almost have to like spend your whole life, you know, working on this cathedral that you know that it's it's it's, it's almost like you're trusting in the providence of God that it will be brought to completion. Um, obviously, you're trusting in your fellow man, but you're, you're you're trusting that this thing is going to this thing that you've given yourself to is important and will be made right in God's providence. And I think that those builders built that way. You know, I'm doing this and God is really bringing this to completion, which is a really beautiful way to think about creation and and that it can be useful long-term and that I don't have to receive all of the immediate, you know, credibility. I mean, people produce art today. Um, I'm looking at the book, uh, Moby, Then It All Fell Apart. Um, so, you know, Moby is an interesting case study in this. He was an artist. He did it because he loved the music. And then, of course, he had his, um, you know, I'm, try, I'm, I'm losing the name of the album. Um, what was the name of the album that just, like, it was, you know, it's the greatest breakout album. Yeah. The greatest techno album of, like, all time, you know. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the famous one that you would know Moby from. And he. Play. Uh, yeah, play. Yeah. yeah, and he amazingly, he immediately had you know notoriety, success, money, and then he said, and then it switched. He's like, I used to do art because I loved art, and then it made me famous, and then I did art to make me famous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people pursue the arts in that kind of a way today. It's yeah. been so rewarded that I I got to do this fast enough for me to receive the benefit of it, and for me to receive the notoriety of it, um, not just because. Um, I, I believe in beauty that ultimately reflects God. Um, and of course, you know, the, the name of the book is Then It All Fell Apart, right? And so it, that didn't work um, for him. But I do think that's the way a lot of artists are going at their art today. And we've lost any sense of wonder and awe in it. So let's kind of like shift from there to our impulse to create. Um, you know, I talked yesterday about like the what will your verse be? Like we all have that impulse of I want to contribute a verse yeah um, um, how do we do that how do we enter into that space rightly well and it's it's designed I would say first it's designed by God right and that was the point I made creative God creates man and woman in his own image part of that imaging is our creative impulse like we we as image bearers have this impulse to create, to make, to, you know, be, be faithful in that regard. Um, so I think that's, that's the start of it, but we have to recognize the, also the, the limitation of it, you know, that to your point, you know, using Ecclesiastes, God, God has, God has put this eternity in our hearts. And, and so even the best of our creations were never designed to make us like God but that's what we believe. We believe that you know these things that we produce now define us as human beings, now define our worth and value. Um, but instead, it's actually the the uh, the the enjoyment of it, the satisfaction of it, is actually meant to point us to something greater that actually will satisfy us right. ultimately. And I think that's the that's the tension, though. And I, you know, this is where I think it's it's a level playing field, whether you're a musician, whether you're an artist, or whether you're an architect or accountant or business leader or mom or, you know, whatever it's, we all, and you, you, you pound this home, which I think is so helpful because we all do it. We want to find our identity in our work, Mm -hmm. in what we do and in, in the work of our hands. And 
I think we have to, it, the, the place of greatest fruitfulness is actually found in this idea of faithfulness that we are seeking to worship God in being faithful with the gifts he's given us. Yeah, yeah um, and, and that's I, where it is. Uh, just to that last bit, I think it's so helpful. If, if a picture helps, um, you know, Jordan speaking to faithfulness and kind of what you're saying, Jason, all of all of life and, and everything. If, if a picture helps, I like Schaefer's picture of culture as like a temple. So he, Francis Schaefer basically said like culture, all of culture throughout all of history is kind of like a temple where everyone in their various spheres of work, of art, of, of whatever, where he's pulling a stone out and we're shining that stone and we're placing it back and mm-hmm. we're, we're taking out a stone or we're adding a stone or we're doing this or that. And, and, and the goal is, you know, obviously to, to create a beautiful world, you know, to, to echo God's beauty in this world, but it, it does require all of us artists or not. Yeah, that's right. No. And, and, and again, like even the foundation of, uh, you know, let's say architecture, you know, there's engineering involved. It's not just, you know, mm-hmm. aesthetical beauty. There's accounting involved. Like mm-hmm. these things require money. I mean, so there, there's all of these spheres to your point that actually go into the, these kind of beautiful things that ultimately we, we hope and pray can reflect God. Will, you got any closing thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think the way, just a lot of what Jordan and Matt have said, has kind of made me think about there's there's a big obsession with enlightenment nowadays and just the like intellectual property provided by peace when art um, by nature deals more in the field of enchantment you know and cathartic investment and release and um, you know art doesn't really work whether it's music or whatever it doesn't work as well systematically as it does, you know, through story. And so I think just as, you know, we, the three of us and whoever, you know, approaches the arts, it's- I'm a C still, so I mean- Occasionally, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more about, you know, moving away from that obsession with being right and, um, you know, and even like looking to, to scripture as, you know, our, our North Star about it. You know, there's there's this act of interpretation and, and imagination right. that's like demanded um, that, you know, that's such a good point. I mean, I mean yeah. the, the Bible, people get frustrated with the Bible mm-hmm. because it it is in so many ways a work of art. Mm-hmm. It's a story. There's poetry. And, and 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 it's it's hard to always understand. There's imagery mm-hmm. and it, it's hard to understand yeah. like what it's doing sometimes. Yeah, um, totally. But it requires yeah. imagination. That's right. And I think like we're quick to like move quickly away from from art from songs movies or whatever that could be you know where multiple interpretations of truth could take place which that is like a good instinct and a good caution but you know there's also like in that there's also a precedent that scripture sets of of you know demanding that that mystery um to kind of be displayed yeah okay can i say one last thing kind of with uh with what will has said there with the the importance and need for imagination i think that's such a good word i a lot of times i think about it with uh like with my kids so when they uh when they apologize for example like my kids you know and and let's say they they're frustrated or they don't really 
mean uh, what they're about to say. You know, they're like, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the tone that was used there actually changes the meaning that's right yeah. of what was said mm. and like it, it actually undoes it it, it makes mm -hmm. it not true so as people who are in music or the field of arts you know when you say things that are true in the tone of you know in a way that isn't reflective of what you're saying you know God is holy, God is real, and and it and everyone's yawning, and you're just kind of you're right, yawning, and, right. and 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 whatever, it, you know, you've actually undone, you know, the thing. So that that's mm -hmm. it's fusing imagination and art and beauty into mm -hmm. into uh, the things of God is yeah. is is so critical. It it because if we don't, it undoes it. That's a huge topic. So J James K. A. Smith, the guy I referenced earlier, wrote a book called Desiring the Kingdom, so and he good. argues that. It's exactly that point. It's not enough to just have information in this case about God, because he argues that we're not merely cerebral mm -hmm. creatures. Creatures, yeah. right? We we are desiring creatures. We have these desires in our hearts, and and so he argues that there are these habits that we form that mm -hmm. are reinforced by formation uh he calls them thick habits and thin habits so we have thin habits like brushing our teeth that you know don't have a huge impact but have some impact mm -hmm. but then he, he mentions these thick habits and and he he says that one of them is the habit of attending the the worship service on sundays that over time as we go to that service and as hopefully our not only we receive true information about God, truth about God, but it's it comes to us in a way that provokes or stimulates our imaginations um, mm -hmm. and and deepens our affection for God. Over time, that actually reinforces these desires that we hopefully have in our hearts of you know, towards God, that we, we want to know God better. We want to uh -huh. love him more deeply. You want and it to be true. Not e only, exactly. Yeah. Not only it, yeah. You acknowledge it to be true. No, that's a to be true. Huge, it's a huge challenge for churches that are word centered of which we are mm -hmm. unapologetically. So, right. Like God has revealed himself in his word, yeah. in the Bible, but he has done that in a way that is designed to you know, stimulate us at the deepest right. parts of our being, which is that we we want this to be true. That the, the, our affections are actually stirred. Yeah, and, and yeah, the, you could say it this way: like the imaginary is actually most foundational for your identity. You know, mm -hmm. and so like, why is seeing a baptism so powerful? Right. right? Like, if I just said to you, like, you'll be raised with Christ. And that's that's a powerful statement. Yeah. It's an incredibly powerful indicative statement. But if you see a baptism, then all of a sudden that's depicted to you. It's, it's acted out, if you will, the resurrection of life. And it's incredibly powerful. You enter into the story, you enter into the drama. I mean, this is kind of Charles Taylor's social imaginary, right? Mm -hmm. your, your identity is formed by how you kind of imagine the world to be. And so like going to a worship service, you're, you're in a sense imagining yourself before God and therefore you begin to live before God and, and obviously that goes in every direction, right? Yeah. Um, no one could have imagined a world um, where, you know, just for example, like a, a man would say I'm a woman trapped in a man's body, you know, 25 years ago, but now that has become like a reality 
And even though like every chromosome, every you know, cell in that person's body may say that they're actually a man, because they've imagined themselves to be a woman, you mm-hmm. know, they are. And so it, it, this is just the power of this, and, and really in any direction, yeah. and obviously it can be used in directions that are not pleasing to God, that don't match up with reality, or it can be used in directions that actually pull us into the things that are most real and most true. And yeah. I think that's what I was trying to depict yesterday when I was talking about beauty. And, yeah, and, and to your point, I think it, it with, with uh, even, even with people who's like a pastor, for example, even your, uh, your mode of creativity or communication is, is basically didactic. Even that, you know, and, yeah. and you don't have baptisms happening all the time and whatever, but, but even that your, uh, the goal would be, uh, within your lecture to be using metaphors and using all these things that, yeah. that are creating images throughout the entirety of the thing. You know, That's right. that, yeah. that, how that you isn't just matters. information. Yeah. Yeah. How you communicate matters. The tone of your voice, uh-huh. uh, the metaphors you use, the illustrations you're, you're trying to help people understand Drawing. more deeply yeah. and draw them into the truth about what God, what God is saying. I like to think of um, C.S. Lewis, you know, he's brilliant, brilliant theologian. And yet for whatever reason, there's, you know, various reasons for why he wrote Chronicles of Narnia. But, you know, he, I think at some level he recognized that, you know, he could, he could write, you know, volumes about who God is. Mm -hmm. He could also tell this grand story Uh where God is a lion. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that, spark something in yeah. us that's, I want, that's I, I wish there was someone like Aslan yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly but maybe there is yeah maybe there is find out next week <laughs> <laughs> all right well I think that's a good place to end um, for uh, Jordan Coughlin and Will Carlisle and Matt this is this conversation has been so moving I think we need a handkerchief. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week.